Hey guys, this is another episode of 81 Points, and this episode is all about the front office and what our confidence level in them is. All the right things that they've done so far. All one of the right <laughs> things they've done so far. Um, we take you guys uh, back in time and recap the journey that has been the Magic Johnson, president of basketball operations experience. You know, if we, if we, if this podcast covered all the good things that the front office did, it would have been, like you said, a five minute podcast. But just spoiler alert, it's, it's a fairly long one. So you can see that we've actually covered all the, the negative aspects of the front office. Yeah, we go back in time and we play a few sound bites for you of, quotes that magic johnson and rob palinka have made in the past and you know given the current state of the lakers you might think that they were just joking around but they were did ass serious when they were making these quotes back uh, a year ago yeah. um so needless to say things are not looking very great going forward our confidence level in the front office is very low at this point and we take some time to speculate on what has happened, the reasons for what has happened, and what our outlook is for the future. So with that said, please enjoy this episode of 81 Points. Welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Welcome back to another episode of 81 Points. This is a podcast about the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, for reasons that we're going to explain, there's always something to talk about with regards to the Lakers. Well, especially lately. You know, especially the, lately, yeah. With all the losing, uh, all the injuries, and, um, you know, it's just kind of comes with the territory with a team with LeBron James. So, you know, things are not going so great right now. Uh, I think for the past couple of podcast episodes, you and I have been trying to keep it cool, not try to try to be as understanding as possible, you know, as yeah. fans of the Lakers. Yeah. Um, there might have been some circumstances that have led us to this point that were beyond anybody's control. Like injuries? Like injuries or whatever the case may be, but uh, I just cannot, it's hard for me to sit, sit here and <laughs> not just go off on the state of the Lakers right now. Yeah, well, okay, so let's, let's delve into what is, I mean, what's the thing that's sticking out to you the most? Because there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that's going on right so now. So we went over this, this last, the last previous episode yeah. about, you know, is it Luke Walton? Is it? LeBron James. Right. And I think you and I pretty much both agreed that the biggest problem right now is the front office. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, when we put percentages on that during our previous episode, you said something like 65% you would blame on Magic Johnson. And I said something like 70%. Mm -hmm. And as each day goes by, 
I feel like that percentage is, is going up more. <laughs> I'm like... It's just adding like 5% each day, huh? Yeah. And, you know, just yeah. a few days ago, I was like, uh, you, you know, it's hard to just blame one person on what's going on. There's a lot of factors at play. But the more and more time passes and the more uh, we start to think about what's really transpired, it's like hard to not put almost all the blame on the front office. Oh, absolutely. And Magic Johnson. Right, right. And I, you know, we had this conversation um, offline <clears throat> a couple of days ago when, um, you know, we we saw the Lakers. Uh, I mean, we first of all, the Lakers are out of it now, pretty much. They're not, maybe not mathematically out of it, but they're, all intents and purposes, they're, they're done. Yeah, we're officially in tank season yeah, now. Yeah, uh-huh. but... You know, up until a couple games ago, we were still very much in it, and I think at that time the uh, the big battle cry was, you know, what's going on with Luke Walton? He's he's killing this team, and he was starting to become like sort of a a headlining subject for the Laker problems, you know, and and i you know we were we were having that conversation, and and you know those arguments are very valid, but you remember my concern? I was saying. Yeah, that's all good and all. Like Luke Walton is obviously proven to not be ready to be a head coach, but the the biggest thing is that's not the, like that's not the the main problem. You know, the biggest thing is this Laker front office. And every time we spend time, every moment we spend time on things like Luke Walton, LeBron James, injuries, it takes away from us talking about the elephant in the room, which is the Lakers front office. So there so there was a a Twitter post that was posted by somebody a few days ago. Yeah. That really just illuminated things in terms of like how <clears throat> how wrong things have gone since yeah. uh Magic Johnson has taken over right. and basically um this this guy uh by the name of Glass Half Faults he he uh that's a great uh that's a great name he uh shares some clips of the training camp press conference that magic johnson and rob polinka had coming into the season and Mm -hmm. he split up that press conference into specific clips and it really was very alarming in terms of what they were saying at that time comparing that to what has happened since and what and you know th- this kind of inspired me to want to bring everyone through a recap of basically Magic Johnson's tenure so far as president of basketball operations. Okay, yeah. So let let me I, w- I want to bring you through this journey that we've that we've experienced so far, starting from the beginning. Well, I'll, yeah, okay, let's do that because I, I was gonna say suggest. Um, like you know what's even easier is to just go over what good moves positive net positive moves has magic johnson done for the lakers so far i mean if you want like uh if you want to do like a five minute podcast <laughs> we can just you talk know, about you know what i mean the like good moves that magic has done yeah that's and that just spells it out so easily right it's 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 like nothing it you know you can attribute the lebron signing to Le, uh to magic johnson but we've talked about this you know yeah. how much how much are we going to give credit to magic johnson for that yeah yeah um and you know other than that what the draft picks i think 
I don't know how much we can attribute that to Magic Johnson either. Right. Well, well yeah. let, let's go okay. through everything. Okay. Right, I have I have a few sound clips here that that I wanted to play. Oh. Okay. And then we'll get we'll we'll react to to it now. All right. You know, having having um experienced what we've gone through th- these past couple of months. Okay. Yeah. So it started back in February of 2017. That's when this genie bus coup happened, mm-hmm. where she basically took over the reins from her brother Jim Bus and brought on Magic and Rob Polinka to their front office positions. Okay. Okay. And uh, two days after that, the Lakers traded Lou Williams to the Rockets for Co- Corey Brewer and a 2017 first round pick. Which ended up being um, a player by the name of Tony Bradley, who I don't even know who that is. Okay. Oh, that that pick ended up being Tony Bradley, huh? Yeah. I thought for some reason I thought that was uh, Josh Hart, but okay. Okay, so th- this brings us to the first sound clip that I want to play for you. Okay. And this uh, this happened the following April when Maddie Johnson made his infamous now infamous appearance on jimmy kimmel's show mm-hmm. so i i uh watched this interview earlier today and it is it is stunning to hear this interview now okay. so i feel like given the context that we have of what's transpired all so yeah all that has transpired okay. let's let's re-listen to this interview and i want to get your reaction to what he said okay <clears throat> all right so this is april of 2017 this is two months after magic got hired and he goes on jimmy kimmel and this is what has transpired Exactly. As president of basketball operations, is that a head of general manager? Is that equal? To, is it a total different thing? Is it below, what? How does that work? Well, Jimmy, it's a little bit above. It's a little bit above uh, general manager. Exactly. Rob Palinka is our general manager. Gotcha. And he's doing a fantastic job. And if he doesn't, you fire him. Fire, fire him and everybody else. Lou Wall and everybody got to go. <laughs> but no, we're, we're happy. <laughs> Would you, no. When you have to fire somebody, does it eat you up inside? Is it something that you think about for days leading up to it? No. It doesn't. Not at all. Your bus fired. Get out. <laughs> okay, I want to stop it right there. So... <laughs> That that this clip so far is not even a minute long, and what's alarming to me is I don't think I've ever heard a president of basketball operations ever talk like this in any public setting. Right. Well, that's been the problem with Magic Johnson. Yeah, is that he's a guy who loves the limelight. He's a guy with history because he's one of the all-time great basketball players, and he's very charismatic. But with that that works to his detriment because. He just loves being at the center of attention. Yeah, yeah. And so, as a front office guy, you can't uh-huh. have that. Yeah. So, so I got to be honest. For me personally, like, I always hesitate to like criticize people for like their jobs and what how they're doing because yeah, you know, there's a part of me that says like, okay, like, I've never been a president of basketball operations, so I I really don't know how difficult of a job <laughs> it is. You know, mm-hmm. um, so. I, so oftentimes I hesitate in criticizing someone like Magic Johnson and what they're doing, right. you know. But when I hear 
when I hear when I hear him say like, "Oh, I don't feel bad for firing anybody," like, whatever. That's just that's just how it is. That gives me more license to be like, okay, then if you don't feel bad for having to let go of somebody, then I shouldn't feel bad for criticizing what how how you do in your job. Right. You know. So right. this is giving me a little more license to go sure. in on this guy and how he's doing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's let's continue this interview. No, I think that you you have to make decisions. It's tough. And uh, I'm a guy who who is a uh, just like I play basketball as a point guard, I do the same thing leading my company. I like to work around great people, empower, empowering those people. But look, I'm a worker, so I want to work with people who are workers too, who are mm-hmm. smart, smarter than myself. But you got a job to do, and if you don't do that job, then you got to go. It's, it's really that simple. It's up to you. If you do your job, you work well with The me. owner of the team, Jeannie Buss, who hired you for yeah. this job, yeah. Did some, she fired her brother yeah. to bring you in, which is, I mean, that's, she's a cold-blooded killer. So how does that feel that he's kind of laughing at the fact that Jeannie fired her brother? Does that, does that strike you as a little odd? Now? Well, you know, I think there partly is because of the, um, the setting that we're that he's in you know it's it's hard not to it's hard to have like a serious conversation yeah on the on jimmy kimmel you know so uh, you know magic's default is always just to laugh things off you know it, it kind of flash that it, smile yeah it kind know? of makes me wonder like why he's even inter- being interviewed well on this that's show the thing the first he place. shouldn't be <laughs> yeah. he should magic johnson should be declining these these uh, interviews, he should be he should be declining. He should be just in his office doing president of basketball operations shit. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's especially important to note the timing of all this. Like, had had he been had the Lakers had won a championship already, and then he goes on this show, then I think it's a different story. But this is like two months into his job, and he really hasn't done much yet, and for him to show up. And do an interview on this show is a little bit puzzling to me. Well, it's just alarming because, you know, I understand your point about, you know, what if he did something and what if we won a championship? And I will and I will beat this dead horse, right? If you look at Jerry West, that dude, no matter how many rings or championship the Lakers won... He doesn't show up on David Letterman or Jimmy Kimmel or whatever Jimmy, you know. No. He doesn't show yeah. up because he's just like, that's not my job. That's not I'm. That's not my lane anymore. Magic should understand that this is not his lane to be front and center to be like on these very very prominent like open uh, talk shows and press junkets. Like he should not be doing this. The only time he should be doing that is when he's signing someone. Or when he needs to respond to some kind of front office issue, but instead, this guy's like chumming it up with all the Hollywood execs, you know? Yeah. Or Hollywood people, I should say. Yeah. It's it's, you know, this is why it's hard to hire a guy like Magic Johnson because he has been such a public figure for such a long time, <clears throat> and you know, like you said, a front office executives they should really not be in the limelight. They should be kind of behind the scenes and doing their job. And to ask a guy that's been so public for so many years to to dial it back 
it's a it's a it's a hard ask for him he, you know he can't dial it back yeah. and i don't blame him because that's just who he is his whole life he's not gonna people people aren't gonna change uh at age i don't know how old he is you know right people typically don't change at any age but the, especially when you get not when you get older you know right so right there like the nature of who magic johnson is as a public figure and the type of job that he's been called to do right there there's a conflict okay now it could be resolved if he ends up doing a fantastic job and making decisions and things like that but as as we'll soon <laughs> unfold and unpack um it that really hasn't been the case so far so let's uh continue the rest of this <laughs> sometimes you got to fire family members. yeah <laughs> Sometimes but, you do. But, you know, you, you have to remember this. The Lakers mean a lot. They're the most popular team in the NBA. Mm -hmm. We have more fans around the world than any other team. We're tied with the Celtics for the most championships. And that platform for any player is an amazing and big platform. We're going to be successful again. We're going to win again. You will make the Lakers great again. Well, thank you. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And, but there's only so much you can do. As president of the basketball operations, of you can't go out there and play. You, no. And I'm sure that's you will feel like that at some point. You'll want to do that. Who do you? Who are you looking for? Paul George? Is it uh, Chris Paul? Are you looking at maybe Teen Wolf? I do you remember him? <laughs> <laughs> he was really good. I wish I could talk about all those guys. But you'd be contract tampering now. Exactly. Did you exactly. have when you started this job? Did they sit you down and say, "Okay, so here are some things you have to know." You can't do an interview and say you want the specific player. That's right. Uh, and did you have to learn? Yeah, I had to go to school. I had to go to CBA school, salary cap school, and tampering school. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can't tamper with somebody else's player. You can't, you know, I had to learn this new CBA that we have. And uh, What constitutes tampering? Like, if you're on vacation and you run into Paul George, are you not allowed to speak to him? No, we're going to say hi because we know each other. I you see. You just can't say, hey, I want you to come to the Lakers, even though I'm going to be wink winking like... You know what... So... <laughs> yeah, well, I remember that. That's a very famous soundbite of him doing it, the wink It's, wink it's thing. funny yeah. because right before that, he's like, I went to tampering school. We can't tamper with players. And then he, and then he ultimately gets fined for yeah. what the NBA considered tampering. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so, you know, at the time, it was like, I think the public opinion was, man, the NBA is so what what what's their deal like this wasn't a big he didn't do anything you know what i mean like i think yeah this is early the, on in his tenure right so a lot of more people were coming to his defense that may be the case but well i don't know exactly what the climate was but for me that just reeked of again amateurism mm -hmm. a guy who just he's just not suited for this role yeah you know so that was uh that was somewhat of our introduction into the Magic Johnson era yeah. uh, with the Lakers. And then, you know, uh, a few months later came the NBA draft. Right. And the draft was June 22nd of that year. Um, and in that draft, the Lakers ended up drafting Lonzo Ball. But that same day, uh, a trade went down, which sent... Timothy Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell <laughs> to the Brooklyn Nets for 
uh, Brooke Lopez, who is no longer on this team. Just want to point that out. Yeah. And uh, the 27th pick, which ended up being Kyle Kuzma. Now, people ask Magic Johnson about that trade. You know, what was your thought process going into that? Um, they specifically asked about how it felt to trade away D'Angelo Russell, who was also a former number two pick. And Magic's response was... Well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, let's, let's talk about what should probably be the proper response for this. Okay, in your eyes, what, what, the proper what do you think response, would have been the proper response? The proper response would be, um, you know, we love D'Angelo Russell. We appreciate what he's done for us. Um, but we're, you know, we just needed to go to, we just needed to go to a different direction. And we wish him the best of luck. That was uh, almost, almost Magic's response. <laughs> Not quite. He was pretty close to that. Just a little All bit right. different. Let's hear how close it so was. So the quote was this. I just have the quote. So I'll just, I'll just um, yeah, say it. what he said. He said, D'Angelo is an excellent player. He has the talent to be an all-star. We want to thank him for what he did for us. But what I needed was a leader. Oh, see, there it is. I needed somebody also that can make the other players better and also somebody that players want to play with. End quote. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's... See, that's... That's so... That's terrible. So like we said, there was no reason for him to say that at all. Like, why, why did he need to throw... Why didn't he need to throw a couple of jabs at D'Angelo Russell after he traded him? Just didn't make any sense, you know? Yeah. It's just, it sounds personal, you know? And it, things should never be personal. So it's, um, I, think, I think at this point it's pretty well documented that um, D'Angelo wasn't really vibing super well with the coach at the time, which was Byron Scott. Which, right? let's, <laughs> by the way, nobody should be vibing with Byron Scott. And the guy is such a bad coach. He is so bad. I, he should have never been hired by the Lakers. Uh, that, that was a shitty hiring, too. Um, that guy is so bad. Uh, we, we could spend a whole podcast on it, but we're, we won't do that. But he's like this old school... You know, um, doesn't really care about analytics, doesn't care about, like, really coaching, really, actually. He just cares about, like, telling players to toughen up, to D up, to, to play, to play hard. Like, he just, those are the kind of things he just says. He doesn't really coach. He just kind of says, like, just random shit. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, go- I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess that Magic Johnson and D'Angelo Russell up to that point um, didn't have many conversations, right? And so all of this, but what I needed was a leader, somebody that can make other players better. Player, I, want, I need someone that players want to play with. My guess is that this information was all fed to Magic Johnson from Byron Scott. Well, without a doubt, because Byron Scott and Magic Johnson are they're, like they're boys, they're you know? best friends. They're yeah. like really, really close. They, so, they, pro- I think they, they still see each other and hang out like almost every week, every day. So, um, yeah, they're super close. So he basically uh, took the opinion of what you said was a, a terrible coach. 
and ran with it and ultimately shipped out a player that really didn't need to be traded at that point, you know? Yeah. So. See, it, that, and that's the key thing, too. He did not need to be traded. Yeah. There was no reason to trade him at that point. I understand you, you, we needed to unload Mozgov, but that was very premature. We did not need to unload Mozgov at that time. Yeah. So let's, let's fast forward now uh, a year later, okay? Um, things look a lot better at this time. Uh, the Lakers had just signed LeBron James. Um, probably the biggest free agent signing that the franchise had had, you know, since Shaquille O'Neal. Without a doubt. And uh, this leads us to the training camp press conference that, um, that this uh, Twitter guy, uh, Glass Half Faults, um, shared with everybody a couple days ago. And there's a few, <laughs> there's a few sound clips from this press conference that... Um, well, hold on a second. Well, this is... This is... Uh, after we sign all those guys, right? After this is sign, after, yeah. So yeah, this, we should we should give some context too, like right. You know, before these before we play the sound bites, but we signed, you know, what ended up being what ended up being the mean team. So yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you exactly who was signed here. And by the way, these moves, um, they were universally like panned a lot of a lot of people were laughing at these moves right let me see here okay so uh to give you a rundown of the players that were signed leading to this (laughs) press conference yeah um obviously we said lebron james right uh the Lakers also signed uh, Rajon Rondo to one-year deal. Signed, Which I was okay with. Yeah, at the time I was okay with that too. They re-signed KCP to one-year deal. And then they also brought in JaVale McGee and Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley. Mm-hmm. So those were the uh, free agent signings of the summer of 2018. Which leads us to these training camp press conference quotes that I want to run by you right now. Okay. So let's start with the first clip. Let me see here. Work. You guys signed some, shall I say, interesting characters, personalities (laughs) over the summer, from my perspective. Um, How do you think that's going to work together on the court off the court and are there any concerns on how they make all that work with all those different guys no no concern you got- so that's that's the first clip magic johnson saying there is no concern well it's hilarious because the very first question he prefaces by saying you signed some very interesting guys <laughs> like, right that's it's like right off the bat right off the bat people are like what the hell are you thinking <laughs> Yeah, that's what yeah. they were saying. Yeah, so okay, so let's let's continue. So uh, the next clip is about um, I I think a reporter asked about Javale McGee specifically. Yeah. Okay, so this is Magic talking about Javale McGee. Man, we haven't had a Javale for a long time around here. The guy just blocking shots. Kuz thought he had one today, and and he said, "Mm mm, 
And I'm talking about he came from the corner to get it. He just wasn't sitting down there. He went and grabbed that shot and was just unbelievable to see how active he is. JaVale. So, I don't know about you, but he, he, he said we haven't signed a JaVale McGee like this in a while. Yeah. Basically, he kind of made it sound like we signed Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. Um, but as it turns out, you know, JaVale has steadily declined performance-wise throughout the season. Started off really well. But uh, since then, his, uh, his defense has kind of cratered a little bit. Well, yeah, it's, and we covered that, but it's, uh, it's due to the heavy minutes he's been playing, which he's not yeah. accustomed to. Yeah. Um, the other, but the other thing about that soundbite there is how Magic, and this is, this is, again, why I have a problem with Magic Johnson and, like, basketball heads just like him which is everything's fucking anecdotal you know yeah it's very byron scott too byron scott's exactly like that too but you know if you notice if you listen to that soundbite maddie johnson he talks about he doesn't say you know javelle mcgee provides you know interior defense you know and rattles off what kind of like attributes he has to provide us that interior defense that we haven't had in a while instead he brings up a story about how he blocks kuzma's shot in practice which yeah. is utterly useless yeah you know it's like anybody anybody can do that in a practice you know sasha vujicic was a was fucking reggie miller at practice right you know? kobe right. famously called him what like a 2 p.m player or something like that uh-huh. so that means nothing and that contributes nothing to the conversation there. And so, again, that's it. Just reveals a lot about what Magic Johnson's about. He doesn't. For him, it's all about the eye test. It's all about what kind of feeling. What's my gut feeling about this? Yeah, player? you know this. You this know? this actually reminds me a lot of like when when men and women are dating, right? Yeah. Uh, if you ask, if you ask like a girl, like you know what she likes about her boyfriend for instance she'll probably give you this well thought out explanation of like he's a nice person yeah he treats me well he's responsible he loves his family like she'll reel off like five or six reasons why like she likes loves her boyfriend so much and you ask a guy like a typical guy why he likes a, a certain girl and it's basically like oh i don't know i just like her She's like, pretty cool. Yeah, it's, she's cool. Like yeah. I, I like her, and that's kind of like the the reasoning behind Magic Johnson, <laughs> how he feels about Javale McGee. There's there's no like there's no which, thought to which like again, what's going on. Which again, here. which was the reason why he he traded away D'Angelo Russell. He didn't yeah. like him. Yeah, or Byron didn't like him. Or Byron and, didn't like him, but and, Magic didn't you know, like him either. Yeah, yeah. by yeah. by proxy. You yeah, know? so. So, you know, needless to say, like, things are not looking so great at this point. So let's continue this press conference. Um, I'll play the next clip here. You're going to see a different KCP. Uh, Rob did a wonderful job of explaining diet. And, but I'll let him talk about KCP because he looks like a total different guy. So, you're gonna- so <laughs> how has KCP done this year <laughs> compared to last year? <laughs> 
I think he's done worse, right? I think he's done worse. Yeah. Um, if I recall, his three-point percentage last season was about 38%, which was pretty good. Yeah. This season, I think he's shooting about 34%. Yeah. And basically, that's his like number one attribute that he brings to the table, right? Is his three-point shooting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as far as defense goes... I don't ever think I never thought his defense was spectacular. That guy, I've I've never seen a guy not be the player that he was advertised. Yeah, you know, coming from Detroit, like coming people in, were saying, like a three and D guy, a three and D young, guy, got a lot of potential. I was actually you know? stoked the first time we got him. Yeah, I was like, this is such a great signing, you know. But yeah, it but, just it just has not worked out for him. No. here in LA. Okay, so here's a, here's a quote from Rob Palenka, okay? Now, you know, we, we, have, been, we have been saying lately that Rob Palenka is a, a little bit of a mystery, you know? We feel like Magic's really uh, driving, driving the ship on this franchise in terms of basketball decisions, and we haven't heard a lot out of Rob, you know, throughout the course of the season, so... He's he's a bit of a mystery to us, I guess. We really don't know, like, you know, uh, on paper he seems super intelligent, but you know, we ha- really haven't heard much from him, which could be good, you know. But right. as far as like his influence on the team, it's like it's a mystery. Yeah, it's a mystery. But uh, there, there. Here's a clip of him that might give you an idea uh, into the head of Rob Palenka. Magic is a basketball historian. I like to to really study the past, too. And if you look at the highly successful and championship teams, they have multiple personalities. Um, you know, you can give one example to go back to the, uh, the Bulls era, Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman. There's different players of different personalities that add something to the chemistry um, for teams to be great. And there were things that we looked at that the elite teams had that are in front of us and knowing that our road to a championship is through every team that we had to bring certain character traits to the team. So each of the guys we signed had a purpose to that. (laughs) So, uh, he's basically saying that, you know, in order to build a strong roster, you need like strong personalities. And he's banking, basically. I, I would have loved to have heard him say something like, oh, yeah, these guys are very efficient players on the court. These guys have certain skills that we were lacking on our roster. But no, he decides to talk about character personalities. It's so interesting is that he, he's just he's a really weird dude. He, he's kind of a strange guy. Yeah, like his, yeah very strange. His responses and, and the... The funny thing is that that response that you just played, that's like one of his more normal responses. Like a lot of times he goes off on like these weird... He like, tells like a weird story every yeah. time like he gets asked the question. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like, I feel like <laughs> someone should do this, but like, it's like, it's like a dude who has smoked pot and he's just like going off and like, you know, he's just high. Yeah, he's, just he's faded high and as like... he's so fucking <laughs> faded. That he... <laughs> Someone should do like a little sound bite, like of him, like a sound of him, like taking a, putting like a bong hit, 
and then him then just start talking. No, I mean, that's what it sounds like. He just took a bong hit. Yeah, Yeah. because the dude rambles on in in the most weirdest things. Like, this is what I, like, I think I see what he's trying to get at, but what he should, what I think that the Lakers should have gone for, and this is, so I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I'm such a huge stat head that I, I, we can only go off analytics. That's not true because I know, you and I have talked a lot about how important, especially in basketball, how important it is for a guy to have a mean streak, to have moxie, to have just a competitive spirit, right? Right. If he had said, that's, you know, one thing that we studied when we looked at past championships, we realized that aside from just the statistical aspect of, of things, we needed guys that just had a burning desire to win, that were super and ultra competitive. You know, that's something that you can't, quantify into a statistic you know yet he's he he gives us weird like i don't care if if my if my players are like weirdos like he brought up the most odd uh thing he brought up dennis rodman like to me that's that is an anomaly yeah that's the exception that's not the yeah, rule that yeah. is not the rule you yeah. know so what other examples are you talking about you know and that it just to me it doesn't really make sense um it's it's like it's such a it's such a poor analogy because it's it's like he's saying yeah look at michael jordan and uh those chicago bulls they had dennis rodman hence we signed rajon rondo lance stevenson mike beasley like that is insanity make make any sense that is fucking insanity he just took another bong hit there you know what i mean yeah yeah um well well the thing is like I don't know why it has to be one or the other. Like, you know, um, it, you can you can sign players that have the intangibles and have like good statistical numbers, you know, right? To back back up their play too, for sure. Like, why does it have to be? Oh no, we just we're looking for person like character traits, right? Right. You know? It exactly. should be. Every, you should think about everything when you're signing. Players. Like, like you should not be. And also, another thing is that. While those are important, they are secondary to the talent level of the player, the skill set of a player, what he brings. Those are all much more important than what kind of personality they got. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the fact that Rob Polinka is saying right now, as if you know, we saw past championship teams. They had guys like um, you know Dennis Rodman, um, Ron Artest, Metal World Peace, uh-huh. and so. We looked at the all uh, shacked in a fool teams and tried to get how many, try to see how many we can get. Which those guys are all prime shacked in a fool, uh, you know, players. JaVale and Michael Beasley are like regulars. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, the, you know, these clips, these sound bites do not bode very well for Rob Linka either. Um, I think there's. So here's another here's another Rob clip. I think he's talking about Luke Walton here. Our roster and its strengths actually lines up perfectly with our coach and his strength. Okay, so <laughs> he just took another bong hit right there. So I'm gonna completely disagree with that. <laughs> um and and I think what people are starting to um believe is that you know 
everyone has like different differing opinions on on Luke Walton. Well, for the most part, I feel like Lakers fans right now think he's like a pretty shitty coach. Yeah, you know. But if you actually look at um, last season, uh, they actually did not. They actually didn't do too bad as a team last season, given like the roster that was there. And what well, it, not only that, his trajectory is actually promising. He he's improved the team every year he's coached. Yeah. Right? So so I guess what I'm trying to get at is that Luke is this is his first head coaching gig. He's a young head coach, and I feel like he his coaching style and his personality caters more towards younger players. Yeah. So if if you have like an up and coming roster of like younger talent, then I feel like that's a situation that is more set up for Luke to succeed. Don't you think Luke Walton would be a fantastic college? Well, coach? you know, the rumor right now is that um UCLA? Most people are suspecting him to get fired, right? Yeah. Uh so the rumor is that he will probably uh, get his pick between UCLA and Arizona. Oh. Yeah. Um, wouldn't you, I mean, as a Bruin, wouldn't you love Luke Walton as, I feel like he would be perfect for uh, the college basketball. Not sure. Not really? sure. I, I always tend to um, gravitate towards people who have already been head coaches. Like, right. Either in, in like the, the guy in Virginia, in right? Col- yeah, Tony Bennett. I mean, that would be my be, like well, number one choice insane. for yeah. UCLA basketball. Yeah. Um, but well, this clip is uh, very contrary to like conventional wisdom. Uh, in that you assembled a roster full of like veterans, and not only veterans, but like veterans with uh, checkered pasts. You know, <laughs> to say the least. So, does that really cater to the strengths of a first-time head coach? I don't think so. No. Um, so basically, it sounds like he's full of shit here. What Rob's saying, you know? Yeah. Um, so here's another clip. Um, let me just play it. Multiple veterans at, at, every, at each guard spot, at the forward spots. Uh, and of course, you brought in JaVale, but he hasn't played significant, like 30 minutes a game or so, re- at least in the last few years. And you don't, behind him, you don't have that same kind of veteran presence i'm wondering um is it because of multi-position basketball you guys have stressed that where maybe the tradition of a true center maybe that's not as much of a priority can you kind of explain where you are on the center position oh we're very happy (laughs) because again you know the game has gone to there's not a true center playing backup (laughs) that's crazy um so magic basically said that no NBA team has a backup center. Yeah. Which um, <laughs> he was horribly mistaken, especially um, based on the early results of this yeah. Lakers team, you know, prior to signing Tyson Chandler. Yeah. I mean, Tyson Chandler in itself is an admission that he was wrong on yeah. what he said just there, you know? It's, it's, it's so funny. Um, that interviewer seems to know more about basketball than Johnson. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay um so this is gonna be this next one is a rob palinka quote which has kind of rob palinka special which is yeah this is i would categorize this as a palinka special okay one of the components and one of the things we had to focus on is not pace is an overused word i think every you know team in the league is saying we want to play with pace we wanted to have thrust one of the components 
So did he say thrust? Thrust is his <laughs> this keyword. Not pace. Okay, no, not pace, but thrust. Dude, he is the stone. He's such a stoner, dude. The way he fucking talks. I don't. <laughs> It's what is thrust? It's such stoner talk, dude. The way he like communicates. He's like, oh, we don't want pace. We want thrust. <laughs> and I'm still trying to figure out what thrust is. Um, so that is definitely a Polinka special. Um, okay, this is last one is another Polinka quote, which is. Another funny one. The people have said, hey, this is one of the deepest rosters in the NBA. <laughs> so, do you think that this Lakers team is one of the deepest no, rosters in the NBA? No, it's probably one of the thinnest. Yeah. So, he's, he's uh, I, don't, I don't know if I played the full clip, but he said that he spoke to um, somebody, uh, some other executive from another team in the NBA yeah. told him that, he has one of the deepest <laughs> rosters in the NBA. Basically, he's just getting played. Yeah, he's getting played, which, you know, as history reveals, um, yeah, they've been played multiple times. So that was basically the clips of uh, this past summer's um, training camp press conference. And, you know, at the time, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. But um, given all that has happened since then, going back and kind of rewatching these clips is very alarming, you know? And so what I'm saying is, you know, a lot of people are still trying to place the blame on people like Luke Walton or LeBron James, or even like, you know, there was this recent um, shitstorm created by Rajan Rondo because he elected to sit on the bench near the fans instead of like the Lakers bench and people gave him a lot of shit for that. And uh, I don't know if you uh, watched the uh, ESPN telecast of that game, but Mark Jackson was basically like chewing Rondo's ass out. Oh, you mean uh, Maggie Johnson's number one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Coaching prospect. Yeah. yeah. He was, he, uh, this was, um, I want to say this, uh, who did the Lakers play recently that they lost to? Um, this was so many teams. Yeah, so many teams. Uh, okay, this was uh this past Wednesday's game against the Denver Nuggets, and the game was over at this point. It was like a minute left in the game, and instead of sitting on the bench with his teammates, Rajan Rondo sat a couple of of seats over um with yeah. with the fans, and uh the cameras caught on to that, and Mark Jackson was basically like. You don't do this. This is not this is not winning culture right here. And he was basically criticizing Rondo. Um so a lot of people want to place the blame all over the place and they wanna, you know, I, I've seen a lot of articles saying like there's plenty of blame to go around this organization, but just given just given the history of what has gone on with this front office, I feel like it's pretty plain and clear to see that Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka are like, should be the most concerning thing for Lakers fans going forward. Without a doubt. And I will even go further. And if you want to talk about uh, what 
the biggest I, I've been saying, yeah, they're the front office is the biggest problem, but if you want to step back and take a look at the big picture, you could say actually the most um uh, the the most pressing and the the biggest issue and it's kind of the scariest is actually Genie Bus because I I knew from the get go that Magic Johnson was terrible was just a terrible choice but the fact that Genie Bus the owner of the Lakers thought nah I I, I don't want Jerry Jerry West yeah one of the if not the goats of goat gm i want to go with the first time not only a first time front office guy but magic johnson the guy who has not proven any he's not proven to me at all that he's capable of filling this position aptly he's yeah he the fact that she brought him on board is does not bode well for us it's really really concerning so uh, I think Ramona Shelburne recently said that at that time uh, and even now, there's like always going to be like a line out the door of like uh, candidates that want to be like front office executives for the Lakers. Right. It's like a very desirable job, right? For sure. And, you know, Jeannie basically took over the team and hired Ma- Magic and Rob like right away. There was like no... No, vetting, no, no vetting process at all. Yeah. Like she already had it, it in mind who like she wanted. Yeah. So yeah, the fact that there was really, there was not much of a process in terms of like finding the right executives to fill those positions on Jeannie's part should be pretty concerning also. Very concerning. Um, you know, Jeannie herself ha- is not immune to... <laughs> Um, public gaffes, yeah, so to speak. She recently uh, <laughs> she tweeted at this guy. Uh, if you guys know, if you guys are on Twitter, you guys might know who uh, Worldwide Wob is. Um, he's like this. Uh, he's like a host of a. He's a host of a radio show. I think he's like basketball. a. You know, he's like show. a diehard Knicks fan. Um, but Jeannie Bus recently tweeted at him uh, something like, "Hey, Rob." I had a dream the other night that we were getting married. And then she follows that tweet up with another tweet to him saying, oops, I meant to send that as a text. Dude, that is so cringe, man. So you, you see have, his response to that? I think he sent like a, he sent like a, um, a gif of like Kobe, shoot, Kobe shooting, you know, like shooting shoot, a shot, right? Yeah, shoot your shot. Yeah. Um, so you have, you have an owner who is, you know, tweeting out, to people uh by mistake of kind of a cringy message you have a president of basketball operations who can't stop being in the limelight and tampering and you have a general manager who stoned all the time (laughs) just taking (laughs) bong hits left and right and talking about how our team needs thrust not pace yeah uh so as a laker fan you know i I think both of us are very concerned about the outlook looking I, forward. I will say this about Genie Bus is so a guy like Magic Johnson, I look at him and I feel like I know who this guy is. I, I know what he's all about. It's like, you know, uh, an apple is an apple. He's not going to change. 
That's who he is, right? Yeah. And he's not going to... It's just... That's Magic Johnson in a nutshell, and he will always be that. Jeannie Buss, I'm not sure yet. I, I feel like she's obviously made these mistakes, and it's very concerning. But I feel like she might be capable of like learning and processing and adapting. You know, uh, I think Jerry Buss said that out of all of his kids, he felt like Jeannie exhibited most his qualities like the closest right right at the, like years ago i think he said that right and so i, I you know genie bus does strike me you know she's a she's, bit of a weirdo too she's a weirdo. If, you, if you hear yeah. her like in interviews yeah. and stuff like she's out there as well yeah but i will say like i feel like i'm not completely gonna you know, close the book on her. I feel like it's possible that she's one who can adapt and evolve and 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 learn from her mistakes. And where we go from here, I think, is crucial. Um, what she's going to do next is really crucial because um, now, you know, if she goes and and does another mistake or another thing that is just exactly the kind of thing that she did with Maggie Johnson. Then it's like, okay, we're fucked, right? Yeah. But, you know, if she sees this and realizes, okay, I've made, I'm, I've clearly made a mistake. How am I going to, like, not allow this to happen again? I, cause I can't have, again, a first time coach, a first time front office executive team, uh, no analytics team, like all this stuff, right? I can't allow this to happen again. So if she can learn to adapt and, and sort of, um, learn from these mistakes, then, I'm okay with this, you know, because we still have LeBron James. But the problem is, we don't know. We don't know exactly what kind of person Jeannie Buss is and whether she's kind of just set in her ways like magic. Um, but these next few years are going to be really, really crucial. And it's kind of scary because the, the absolute wrong people are in very high positions. Yeah, yeah. So, needless to say, we're, I'm a little bit concerned about like, well, I'm very concerned that the whole power of this organization is in the hands of these individuals right now. <clears throat> and uh, I, uh, you know, a few days ago, I I tweeted out this question, and um, I'm wondering what your take on this is. Okay, so I asked I asked the question of Would you rather Would you rather um, Would you rather trade two of the young Lakers and picks for Anthony Davis? Or would you sign Nikola Vucevic? Oh, right. So, yeah, so right. what is your, what is your, uh, what is your well, opinion on that? Um, I'm still of the mind that if, we, if you have a chance to get a player like Anthony Davis, you've got to go for it. So you would... You would do uh, scenario one, I guess, yeah. is trade Lakers and picks for Anthony Davis. Yeah. Okay, so for me, I'm trying to think of like, I'm taking into consideration like who we have in charge of things right, right. now, what has happened since. Right. I, I feel like I would rather just sign Nikola Vucevic. I almost feel like we're at a point where we have to move on from Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. um, 
for one. Well, it know. sounds to me that what you're saying is you just don't really have the utmost confidence in the Laker front office to not get fleeced. Yeah, the damage there is there is so much damage that has been done between these two organizations right now that it would it's almost impossible for both of them to work out a trade where Oh, so you're talking about more about the relationship between you have to I feel like you have to factor that in because you have Magic Johnson out in public saying, did the Pelicans act in good faith? No, they didn't. Yeah. And now we're hearing stuff from both sides like, oh, these guys leaked all the information. No, these guys leaked all the information. So there's there is like beef between these two organizations right now, which is the worst environment to like make a trade yeah right if two organizations it would be like the lakers and celtics trying to make a trade with each other right it's just not going to be a it's not a good combination okay i would i would say that i would agree with that it's just uh the guy del dems is no longer there even though it 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 does reach beyond del dems yeah you know yeah um the only thing is i would love Vucevic, but the only thing is that in the nba you know in other sports you can get away with having some albatross contracts, you know. But in the NBA, if you sign a guy and it doesn't pan out, it is like death to your team. So you think there's a chance that the season that Vucevic is having right now will not be duplicated by him I'm going not, forward? I'm not saying it's possible or not possible. I'm just saying that this guy is, this is peak Vucevic, right? Obviously, right? Yeah, he's is, uh, 28 is, years old. Yeah, this is like his prime, right? This is his right? prime year. So I'm just concerned that when you dole out a contract, a really expensive contract for a guy, uh, 28 is still young, but you dole out for a guy who's just coming off like a career year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, unless it's for like the cream of the crop, type of player yeah it's there's a higher likelihood that that's going to blow about blow up in your face right so you know so in response to that i'm i i chose to sign vucevic based on a couple of other conditions and one of them being that like you said i just don't i just don't trust magic and rob to broker a deal that would be good for the lakers Mm -hmm. like i don't have i don't have that confidence in them that they can make a good trade the way that I was confident that Mitch Kupchak would make a tr- For sure. good trade, yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah. from that sure. perspective, like I would rather mm-hmm. them not try to make a trade and just sign somebody that seems like a cleaner thing for me. By the way, I just to uh, just to come back, circle back on Mitch Kupchak, but and I've been, I have been, this has been like in the back of my head for years. Okay, don't you think the? Don't you feel like the Mozgov? And the Luol Deng signings were so uncharacteristic of Mitch Kupchak. Isn't that there's something about those two deals that feels very unsettling to me? Well, I mean, you know, I think at that point he had been the GM of the Lakers for like over ten years, right? Yeah. And I don't really remember him ever making like a terrible signing before. Yeah, but even beyond that, but signing guys like Mozgov and Deng. To that amount, to those years, yeah. Ever, I, I just, I was never like, I never saw a move that Mitch made that 
was like, this makes absolutely no Ex- sense. Exactly. But and those that, two made absolutely no sense. Still, they made no sense, right? Yeah. And for me, it I don't know what is it. It's in the back it's been in the back of my my mind every fucking time I just think about like Mitch Kupchak is that I, I wanna know like Yeah, was maybe that, he was like forced into like the yeah, those was signings. that really him? Was that really him going, yeah, we got to get these two guys? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It's just so know. uncharacteristic Mitch Kupchak. Right. I mean, he, you know, you got to take uh, ownership for those deals. And he has. This is a guy who has, like, the utmost uh, uh, integrity, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but this is the thing, I was just going to say, though, like, I feel like Mitch Kupchak has better ability than Rob Lika and Magic Johnson. Uh, yeah, I mean, totally. Right? Yeah. Which is crazy. Because, you know, and I think we alluded to this at the beginning of this podcast was, you know, list if you if you want to list, like, the good moves that this regime has made so far, it's basically just signing LeBron James, right? Yeah. And, you know, yes, like, I like all of the draft picks that that have been made recently, but... I feel like that's more like Jesse Bus, not really Absolutely. Majinka. Absolutely. And you know, if I'm Jesse Bus, I'm like pretty fucking pissed off right now because he's seeing all of his quality draft picks being traded away right. for Tom, like nothing. Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant. Have Abisa's, you seen his stats actually? He's killing it. Yeah, Thomas Bryant's been traded away. Zubots was traded away. Sfi McCulloch was traded away. D'Angelo Russell's been traded away. It's like Yeah. He's fine. He's found so many like diamonds in the rough, and then they're just being shipped out for. We gotta get like this max free agent, like you know, yeah. Um, so I would be, I'd be pretty frustrated right now if I was Jesse Buss. Um, but yeah, back to back to Vucevic. I feel like, yeah, he's twenty eight. Um, you know, if you look at his like per thirty six minutes, they've been pretty consistent for like the past like four or five seasons. So. I feel like he would be a really solid, solid signing. You know, he would fill and I know Magic Johnson's like poo-pooing the center position now, but <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's still pretty important in the game. <laughs> so uh, I, I feel like he would fill a huge need for this team. Yeah. Uh, think, about, think about a Lakers team with LeBron, Vucevic, and Brandon Ingram as your three leading scorers. Like, that sounds pretty nice. You know? It sounds nice. It's just... Uh... I don't know how I don't know what how the how the defense would uh, transpire. There. Yeah, and and I feel like it, if there's anything that's been proven this year is that LeBron is just not there defensively. Uh-huh. So we need guys that can fill in that that gap. Yeah, I mean I don't think he's like a a defensive player of the year candidate. Yeah, but I don't. Think, yeah, I don't think he's a liability. I don't think he's a liability yeah. either. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I. I feel like he's this, so this free agent class is really unique in a sense that it's pretty loaded, right? It's so it's people think it's loaded, but I feel like it's only loaded with like it's loaded in terms of like the top tier, like max contract worthy players. Okay. Cause you have, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> Clay Thompson, a lot of, you know, that, that's four players right there that would probably command the max contract, you know? Yeah. Kemba Walker also. So Vucevic is also going to be a free agent. Would he be able to find a team that would give him that max contract? I feel like there's a chance that 
the Lakers would be able to sign him for less than the max. So let's say in this scenario, the Lakers could get him for like four mm-hmm. years at $25 million a, a season. Would oh, you do man. that? I mean, that's a no-brainer, but I don't think that's possible. You don't think that's possible? He's, he's yeah. getting... I mean, relative to what he's been doing, he's he's being paid peanuts right now. Like, I yeah. think this year he's making twelve twelve and a half million. I think that guy was the original guy that was in the Andrew Bynum deal. Really? I think so. Uh, like, I think Philly shipped shipped Bynum. Yeah, you're something. right. Yeah. It was like a four team. Yeah, the, that yeah. brought Dwight Howard to the Lakers, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> You so you think that he's gonna get a max deal? That's the thing about NBA free agency is that there's always a team out there that gives out a max to players that don't really deserve maxes. Yeah, you know, you know, but even even still, even if the Lakers sign him to a max deal, I okay with that. I would still feel like it's miles better than like the Luol Deng and the Moz. Oh, contracts. without a, without a doubt, but. You know, if we were to get Vucevic at a max deal, that's that's then we're getting to the territory territory of what I was saying from the beginning, which is you have to be very careful with who you give. No, yeah, you know, I'm 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 full. I'm in full agreement. Yeah, with so that. I, I wouldn't. I I would definitely not categorize that as a Luolding Mozgov type of thing. Um, he he's he's absolutely useful. He's not. I mean, useful would be understating. He's he's a great player. He's an all star caliber. He's just more of like the fifteen to twenty player tier, uh, tier player. Yeah, um, yeah. And Anthony Davis is just a guy. That's the thing in the NBA. It's okay to be top heavy, you know. Um, it is, that's true. My my concern is like at what cost though? Like what what is what is Majinka gonna give up? Well. For? Anthony Davis. Well, the, well, the, the issue is that when you have a capable GM, um, you can make deals where you overpay for a superstar because they can, can make it up on the back end exactly. with free agent signings. With you, you can yeah. make it up. I mean, yeah, you have to also have to consider that too. But you can make it up by by having the ability and the intelligence to kind of know which pieces can fit to to know which which ones are their bargain signings, you know? Yeah. The problem with it, with our, you know, our front office, um, and it's been pretty much our conversation this whole podcast, is that they'll operate as if they know what they're doing and those they'll give the give up the farm for Anthony Davis, but they won't have the wherewithal to be able to put together the bargain quality pieces around this team. Don't you think that there is a there is like a too much for Anthony Davis, though. Like that, yeah, reported Godfather offer that was yeah. on the table uh, at the trade deadline. I feel like that would be a terrible trade for the Lakers. Yeah, to give up your entire young core. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think, yeah, I think there is a line. The only thing for me where the line is is if we're hampered with contracts in return. Okay, so would you do uh, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and two first-round picks for Anthony Davis? Mm-hmm. I would. I would heavily consider that. And you know my love for Brandon Ingram. 
but I would heavily consider that. Because I feel like that right there is kind of like the cutoff of yeah. like, yeah. Most Lakers fans out there would probably not do that deal. I would say yeah. because you know, obviously, like Ingram's been tearing it up lately prior to him getting hurt, and then the fans they have this they love Lonzo Ball and. We're starting to see more and more now with good reason because he's been such an integral part of this team. By the way, I'm I'm almost done with Lonzo. I'm not talking about his ability, but his capability of being on the court. My patience is starting to really wear thin. With right. This guy. So I mean, it's yeah. I think sure they're I think report. yeah. They're saying now that he's most it sounding like he's going to be shut down for the rest of the season. I, I mean, that's ludicrous to me. Like. The guy has completely, he's been so fragile the last, his whole NBA career so far, even though, you know, it's been short so far. Yeah. So you would, you would pull the plug on Lonzo? I'm just saying that he's, he is so not untouchable for me. Uh Uh-huh. The guy is like, like he, you know, for me, I think, I think he is a, a, a bigger talent than Kuzma. He's more valuable than Kuzma. Yeah. Um. And Ingram, who uh, Lonzo? Lonzo yeah. No, no way, no way. Um, but it's like where I look at Kuzma and Ingram. Kuzma, there is no way in this world where I feel like he's even in the same tier in terms of prospect level as Ingram. Lonzo, he's kind of a wild card, right? His yeah. ability, I feel like. Shit, I don't know. He he could. He's possibly right. in that tier because he's so intriguing, right? Yeah. So that shows, you know, that kind of tells you how much I feel like Lonzo does have that ability in him. Whether he catches in on that ability is who remains to be seen. But the fact that he's so injury prone, for me, I'm like, fuck it, dude. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. And I and I even put Kuzma above him because whoa absolutely like you cannot being healthy is a skill you know um i don't know how he cannot be on the court like this all the time it's crazy i mean you know in his defense though i i feel like like steph curry went through the same thing early in his career i don't know? know if it's at this to this degree though you know i mean how many he's i feel like he's only played a full season now compared combined yeah maybe even less I'm yeah not sure well the you know the thing is it's it's not like a recurring injury of the same of the same kind which i think would be a little bit more troubling yeah so it, they are they do seem to be like isolated incidents you know for him yeah. but would you be surprised next year if he got injured again uh and no. missed like 20 games that's crazy yeah um i don't know if that's enough reason to like want to like trade him you know if he's injury prone yeah i mean I think based on no based a... on like you you think it's you, you think you can already label him as injury pr- prone no player. um i'm not saying he's injury prone yet but i'm saying i'm absolutely taking that into consideration yeah and because of that i'm putting kuzma ahead of him in the uh like guys that i want to keep Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, uh, my order would probably go like, um, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, and then Kuzma, right? Yeah. Kuzma, 
yeah i mean if, i like josh hart a lot too yeah you know? if if uh if all things were equal and and lonzo was not injury prone for sure there's a clear line between lonzo and kuzma there's not so much a clear line between well actually i feel like there's a clear line even between ingram and lonzo but lonzo to me feels like he has even the ability to to be in that same category yeah but because of the inj- because of the injuries for me it's like you know right yeah also and by the way about josh hart people are shitting on josh hart but i absolutely believe he's injured oh i mean he couldn't even finish that uh yeah you know alley-oop that just tells you that something's not like he's hurting yeah right now, and you, you know? and people are sleeping on this kid dude if he's healthy the guy is the guy is so good he's so good and he's even when he's injured i've watched he still does all those hustle plays and on a championship team, I could totally see Josh Hart being on like a championship type of squad. Yeah. Who does all those those little things. Yeah. So uh, you know, speaking of hustle plays, um, you know, needless to say, it has not been enjoyable to watch these games as of late, just because of all the losing, you know. Uh but this recent game against the Nuggets, you know, we really got an opportunity to see like some of the G Leaguers play. <laughs> and it was it was really nice to see like it was a breath of fresh air to see like players that actually cared about yeah. playing defense. Well, you know another thing too is uh one thing I in you know, and Kuzma has proven this time and time again, is that I love that Kuzma he has the Moxie too. He has the the desire to like win and do well did you see him push lebron james to play defense uh yeah yeah i saw that i i love that i mean he's probably gonna get traded for that but but i love that dude yeah so uh you know you brought up lebron there there was something that kind of pissed me off that lebron did the other (laughs) day um it was on a uh it was on a breakaway this is this last game against the Nuggets. It was on a breakaway, and uh, the ball was passed to Mo Wagner, and he decided to pass it to Josh Hart instead of LeBron. And Josh Hart did end up laying the ball in. You know, it was a score assist. Um, but LeBron was holding out his hands like, "Why the fuck didn't you give me the ball?" And as uh, <laughs> as Mo was walking back on defense. He tried to, he extended his hand to high five LeBron James, like saying it's all good, whatever. But LeBron promptly, like, um, snapped his hand back, like, I don't want to high five you right now. So I saw that, and you know, I I feel like I've been kind of defending LeBron recently for like his quotes, and like, you know, people have been on him recently for his like body language on the court, like him yelling at teammates and things. Yeah. But this particular instance kind of pissed me off. <laughs> well, Mo, Mo Wagner is kind of a uh, podcast favorite, you know? <laughs> well, you know, like all that we ask from him is that he plays hard and he plays hard, yeah, you know? We, we hard. don't really expect him to like actually be a significant contributor to the team at this point. Which is also kind of crazy to speaks volumes to how well Kuzma played. Right. He, yeah, awesome rookie season. He yeah. was drafted at the same around the same range. Yeah, and the dude was balling. Yeah, but it's a different case for Mo, right? Yeah, and the expectations are lower. But I feel like he hasn't really been given much of an opportunity to play. Yeah, this season. 
But when he's out there, you can tell he's trying hard. He really cares to like do well. And LeBron, you know, he's supposed to be the leader of this team. Yeah, he's supposed to be the type to like bring everyone together. I mean, the whole if your brother is down, (laughs) like let 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 us pick him up. You know. Yeah. But but if you hold your hand out, yeah, I'm gonna give you a high five. It just rubbed me the wrong way when I saw that. Yeah, and you know what else is if uh, if Kobe did that, Kobe would have gone. Kobe would have gone fucking skewered on on uh, social media. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think he, LeBron was still getting. Yeah, I mean Kobe has Kobe has had the reputation of being like not the easiest team. I mean we talked about that <laughs> yeah. in previous podcasts, but yeah, seeing LeBron do that um, just didn't sit well with me at all. Yeah, and. Um, you know, I've, yeah, like I said, I've been coming to his defense, um, recently, but that one I can't defend. Like, I just thought that was a, that was a pretty fucked dig, up thing. Pretty dick move. Yeah. It was dickish of him to do. And that's, you know, that's making me wonder, like, is he going to be a good leader going forward, you know, for this team? You know, I feel like it's almost a case where, if he gets what he wants, then he'll well, play nice. I, I was just going to say, uh, LeBron James will only behave when the Lakers win. That's the bottom line. If the Lakers don't win, then he's he's going to be passive-aggressive. Yeah. He's going to be demonstrably just, you know, a terrible teammate. Right. He's going to show body language where he's just, he doesn't care. Um, and he's gonna subtweet. He's gonna do all kinds of things. So, you know, for me, it for me, it's it happens. He'll be happy like even before the winning part. I feel like he needs to get his way for him to be play nice. By that, it's like the front office basically has to do what he wants them to do. Well, that's really concerning. Then, yeah, that's very concerning. Because the GM is also like. Not a very good, no, not a very a good decision GM. maker. Well, should we talk about how the fact that you know there's reports that all these players, the mean team that got signed, was pretty much vetted by vetted through a LeBron? I mean, at this point, like I don't really know how much I should trust like what's being reported and said. You know, um, that's crazy. But it was though. said that I think Magic uh, kind of talked talked through with lebron the possibility of signing all these guys and lebron kind of bought off bought off on all of them right that's kind of what the reports were yeah the other Uh, thing i I, the thing i feel like we need to go over is how rob plinka said this 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 quote drove me up the wall the most it it it's it just it got me it got me so good everything i was like all right all right this is just whatever right was when he said that all these players that they signed they went through their analytic team they went through all their you know they did their due diligence yeah and the analytics said to get go after these guys i'm trying to i'm trying to find the exact quote um that that is so crazy to me that he that that would have that happen i'll give you the i'll give you the <laughs> quote. Right, let's hear the we had spent months and months studying film, doing analytics, 
doing background on guys. That's basically the quote. That's so crazy. Like if any if any players are analytic unfriendly, it would be guys like Rondo, <laughs> Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley. It it just I feel like he's Mickey. full of shit. Like another bong hit. Yeah. Quote. This right is here another bong hit quote like, from Polinka. That like I would love to see what these analytics are that 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 said that these were the guys to target. Yeah, I mean, I think not a single yeah. guy of those guys that they signed was able to shoot threes. Right. And you know the guy that was so perfect and was able to shoot threes was actually on the team last year. And Brooke Lopez. <laughs> yeah. And we gave his ass away. And that guy wanted to stay. He wanted to be a Laker. He would have signed absolutely for a discount. His nickname is Splash Mountain because he fucking loves Disneyland so much, dude. There's no Disneyland in Milwaukee. There is no Disneyland in Milwaukee, dude. So it's, uh, it's, it is so, I, I don't know if people really understand the full magnitude of how many just, mishap after mishap uh, of this front office it's it's really crazy actually yeah we've been i i feel like you and i have been like giving palinka like the benefit of the doubt for a real long time yeah. but now like i'm starting to turn on him like <laughs> it's it's not looking good you know yeah um there was one thing that i that we haven't brought up yet so yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of uh kind of encapsulates laker fan sentiment towards this yeah. but um lebron did pass jordan for the all-time scoring all right. list uh recently yeah and um <clears throat> it was a very uh subdued moment mm-hmm. for a milestone that is really significant very significant you know but yet I remember when Kobe did. He, it was yeah. When Kobe passed crazy. Jordan, uh, I think they stopped the game. They right? stopped the game. It was against the Timberwolves, and they basically <laughs> stopped the game. And everyone like, you know, celebrated that moment. They but, did do that though. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I think going in, it was agreed by the league like not to stop the game and just oh. to do something during a timeout. But oh, I see. what I'm saying is like the Laker fan sentiment towards this accomplishment was like, whatever. Right. You know, no right. nobody was really like too um excited about it mm-hmm. and this all goes back to like what you've been saying for forever is that is lebron a true laker no you know no way he's and i'm starting to see that now yeah. you know um there's a couple of reasons for this first of all i mean just the obvious he spent almost all of his career in other teams, you know, all of his accomplishments have been on other teams. Uh, the second part of this, and I think might be even more significant is that you just get the feeling that he's not embracing being a Laker, you know, we, we want our stars to like love being on this team. Well, yeah. This is the first time that LeBron has been a part of a franchise that's bigger than him. I feel like. Right. Cuz Cleveland, they've never really had like a superstar before him. Yeah. Uh Miami's history is nowhere near th- the history that the Lakers have. So for him to come on to the Lakers, it's like 
as a fan base, we're expecting our stars to like love being a Laker because we've seen Kobe, we've seen Magic, we've seen Kareem, James Worthy, all of these guys that are like fully embrace what it means to be a part of the Lakers, and we just don't feel that from LeBron at all. Well, here's the thing. Part of it, and there's an explanation for this though, part of it is LeBron's doing because of his, the way he's uh, formulated his carefully curated his uh image right which is for him it's like i am the master of my domain i decide where i where i want i'm all about player power like player um autonomy and what a player gets to do yeah yeah um and that's very significant though because that means it's kind of like he came to la and he became a laker because it's like it's just kind of like a feather in his cap you know Right. It's more of him just like, yeah, uh, it's another tick off his box. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Rather than like him going, I just like one being drafted by the Lakers. <clears throat> that would that would have obviously played a different role. Uh-huh. Um, but him, you know, wanting to do all these things in L.A. with his whole production company and him basically. <clears throat> Basically, pretty much spelling out that this is all just a more elaborate, intricate game plan for him to build his empire is the reason why he's here in L.A. And that's why it just feels like he's just here to just play ball, but he's not here to play be a Laker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, he's here because it's convenient that it, the Lakers are in L.A. Yeah. You know? Um. Yeah, it's I, I'll, I'll give you an example of the opposite. Like, and this is why, like, this guy is gonna end up being like one of my favorite Lakers of all time. But like Ron Artest, yeah. you know, when well after after the Lakers beat the Celtics in the finals, I think um, there was a picture of like Ron Artest in the club, and he's like wearing his Laker jersey. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah. So that's like a example of like a guy who loved being on the Lakers. And we gravitate towards that, For sure. you know, yeah. as a fan base. I think LeBron actually is like, he might be like the first superstar basketball player that has, um, has his fans that are like independent of like any team rooting interest, you know, like his fans will follow him where, whatever team he's on. Whereas like, you you're talking take- about right now. Yeah. Because Kobe was like that too. Well, Kobe you if, can't say that because he's all he was always on the Lakers. So but, I feel but, like but Kobe you, fans are all Lakers fans. Like a lot of really? them. Really? I feel like the overwhelming majority of Kobe fans are Lakers fans. Okay. Right? Maybe. I don't know. I I think, I think there's, there's a, a lot of a big difference between with LeBron though. Like really? LeBron fans are are not necessarily Cleveland Cavalier fans. Or they're not necessarily Miami Heat fans. They're definitely a lot of them. Definitely are not Laker fans. Yeah, I know? think that's true. Yeah, I think that's true. I just just because like I mean Kobe's such a beloved. I mean he's he's a hated too, but you know people chanted his name everywhere in a lot of arenas. And I know, think a Boston. lot of those people uh, rooted for the Lakers though. Maybe yeah. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a valid. But with, yeah, but with LeBron, he kind of has his like own independent like fan base, like independent of any team. I think so too. Yeah. And. I agree with that. You cannot do that on the Lakers. 
Like this, th- there's only but a few franchises where you cannot do that. I would say like the Lakers, what the Celtics, maybe the Spurs, <clears throat> the, and the Bulls. I would say like those four franchises. Like, um, the fan base expects more out of you. Like if LeBron signed with, let's say, I don't know, the Clippers. All the Clipper fans would just be happy that he's on the Clippers. They they would not care. Well, you, you know? know, you know the best way the, the the best analogy of this how it is is is, is kind of like this. Uh, you know, um, it's it's kind of like when a guy meets a girl and they fall in love, and you know, deeply in love, they get married. You know, they whatever they have kids, right? And you're like, that is a, just a beautiful marriage, right? It's a beautiful union, right? This right here is a guy who's, let's say he's been twice divorced and he's very successful. He's a very rich guy. He finds a really young girl and he's like, let's get married. And they get a prenup. And it's just like, they're going, you see him out on the town, you see him at a restaurant, you see this really old guy, yeah. very successful, super rich with this like bombshell young girl. See him right? all the time on Rodeo Drive. Right. Yeah. That's exactly why this is this. It just feels weird. It just doesn't. You're not like dad. That those guys are in love. Those those people are in love. Right. That's a marriage. I think. You know? I think the prenup thing is like really right. It really hits home that to this situation. I right, feel like. But that, yeah, I feel like there's LeBron, a prenup here. This yeah, there's LeBron, a prenup. But that's 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 LeBron's mo, right? LeBron is a guy who's like, he's so careful and he's so control calculated, right? So he's always going to be like, well, what are, what's my, you know, what are the things that I need to like yeah. do for me? Yeah. So he came here and he had everything. There's a prenup. Everything's in place. There's all these things in place, you know? It's not like him going, he, he's like, I met someone. Right. <laughs> and she's perfect Yeah, the, La- the Lakers are not the one for no, LeBron. Yeah. It's, it's not true. This is his third marriage. This is a guy who's just now, he's like. Yeah. I'm old. I'm I'm successful, and now I just found this hot ass, just girl, hot ass chick right now, and I'm just ready to just kind of like chill. Yeah, I mean we're not we're not trying to shit on people who have gotten remarried. <laughs> there there are a lot of second marriages that end up being even better than the first. You know what I mean? No, this is a very specific type, though. This is yeah. a guy. This we're talking about the and you you know. If you're listening to this in LA, you know exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about a, a very, very successful guy, you know, whatever business he is, but he's just got just shit ton of money. He's a little bit older and he's like twice divorced and he's out there and he just got a woman that, I mean, you, the, the, the visual is so clear. Yeah. The Lakers know? are the t- trophy wife. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, and you know, as fans, like we can feel that. You can definitely, feel you know, that. and yeah. I feel like, you know, what, what do you agree? Do you agree with this opinion that like LeBron has not done nearly enough to like endear himself to Lakers fans? Do you feel like that's a fair statement? Well, in what, in what way? In, in that he hasn't done much uh for lakers fans to like want to root for him or like want to um like like him you know i i I don't think so i actually i'm on on lebron's side in this because i I think actually like laker fans a lot of them out there are pretty ridiculous (laughs) 
like pretty fucking ridiculous. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like LeBron. I mean will, fans. That's just sports fans in but general. But especially like, Laker people fans. Are, sports fans are delusional. Yeah, but especially Laker fans. And I feel like LeBron could go out there and uh, you know go on go out on the court and perform open heart surgery on some some little kid and save his life, and they'd be like. <laughs> fucking lebron man no there <laughs> is would... yeah yeah there it definitely is a segment of the fan base that like no matter what he does they're gonna shit on him you yeah know? and i and i think i think that's the majority right now at this point for okay. lebron and okay. and also it is the case because we're not winning that makes it worse that's yeah. that's a huge it's like it's like a marriage with financial troubles all of a you sudden know? you're like yeah. holy shit i'm not getting what i'm usually what i'm accustomed right. to you it's know? like we're struggling to pay the rent right yeah. now you know um yeah exactly so you know i guarantee you if if we were winning or if we were in the in the hunt um and and playoffs was absolutely something that was in the picture none of this this stuff all this stuff would be so it, we wouldn't even be talking about yeah it, to be so honest. yeah I, I agree it's a lot of it is contingent on like the the win-loss record right now yeah. like think back to christmas day yeah it was all good then right oh it was all good like we love lebron yeah great and even though the team is like losing right now his numbers are still <laughs> fucking amazing. amazing yeah amazing numbers awesome uh so i i think like you for the most part, I'm like, yeah, he's he's being he's being um, criticized unfairly for the most part, like on his uh, seemingly uh, lack of care to be a Laker. Um, but that Mo Wagner thing that <laughs> that got you that kind of that kind of planted a seed in my mind, like maybe he maybe it's just like not. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe maybe this is a bad fit, you know? Well, I think what what probably what rub I'm feeling like what rubs you the wrong way is that LeBron just feels disingenuous. You know what I mean? There's just something about him that rubs you the wrong way. And the reason why is cuz you know when the you know LeBron kind of paints himself as this really good guy. And he does that because he wants to be well liked, you know? Yeah. Whereas Kobe was like if you don't fucking love me, I don't fucking care. Right. And he never... What you saw was what you got. He was very authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas LeBron was like... LeBron is very much... You know, I mean, we talk about that silly-ass soundbite about him saying, if you fall, like, let your teammates pick you up. Yeah. Right? So yeah. he... So that's the thing. He goes out of his way to be like, I'm this guy. I'm this guy that you're like, I fucking love him. You know? He understands. He's He's a... But then when he does that to Mo, Mo, Mo Wagner, you're kind of thinking, well, it doesn't sit well for you because you almost feel like you just saw his character being revealed. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of been LeBron's MO, which is when, the, when he's not doing well, when he's not successful, he kind of puts up a, he kind of pouts. He's a bit of a powder and he puts up a fit. And yeah. this is him doing that. Yeah. Like I might be making too big of a deal out of this, but yeah. for me, that was like the worst moment so far for LeBron. <laughs> This was this is even worse than and I'm and I'm and I'm like I'm saying this is worse than like him calling himself the goat. Yeah. I'm saying this is worse than him saying I'm playoff activated now yeah. and still not still like, you know, yeah. playing the same way. Well, I, I yeah. don't know. This moment that moment right there. Am I am I crazy or <laughs> am I the only one that like 
just took that very hard, Man. like the wrong way. You know what it is? It's you. Uh, it's you sitting down and realizing, holy shit, that prenup was actually for real. Like this is. I know. This yeah. Really, this this marriage is actually kind of. I don't know. Does he really love me? <laughs> like what did what did he do to like? Yeah. What did he do to elicit that response? Yeah. Like, they ended up scoring the basket. Yeah. Right? Isn't that well, the point of everything? Well, I think um, there's probably... The reason why I'm not that... I think there's actually more to it, is that I think um, I'm starting to get the idea that... Because, you know, within a locker room, there's, a, there's all kinds of dynamics, right? Yeah. I think Mo Wagner is pretty much the bitch of the locker room. Not, like completely in a disrespectful way but he's just he's one he's kind of lovable everybody kind of it's clear that the locker yeah. room kind of likes him yeah but he's just kind of like almost like the, the yeah. little brother yeah he's like the lone rookie like left on the on and everybody the clowns him everybody clowns him i think it's so they don't necessarily like you know see him on the same level and i think that's why we saw that with lance stevenson and that's why I think we saw that with LeBron. Damn, dude, that's fucking harsh, though, man. Yeah, yeah. it's absolutely. I but know. I think that's the whole, that's the whole layer of the NBA that we don't necessarily see. Right. But I think that's that's probably for me. I feel like that's exactly what's going on in that in that locker room, and exactly why like why Mo Wagner is that. And that's a you know I could totally buy that. You know when like a guy who's it's almost like a guy who's on the JV and he's on the varsity team. Yeah. And when their guys on the JV are like trying to get a high five the captain of the fucking varsity team's like get the fuck off me and it's like it's not like him being like i fucking hate you it's just him being like i'm gonna i'm gonna be an asshole to you because you're just a scrub you know yeah i mean that yeah i don't know <laughs> that's fine and all but then like you can't say if you fall let your team yeah you, you can't up. you can't like claim to be like the consummate leader then you know <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much he was being serious about that. If anything, it still was not a good look, though. Yeah, it know? looked bad. It was not a yeah, good look. Yeah. So, for but, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's but this is it's a guy to monitor. But this is a guy though who, you know, as much as you said, you felt like that was really bad. Like he's not. He's not been. Um, you know, averse to like showing those kinds of things on the court. Like remember, this is a guy who's bumped. He's bumped coaches on the court multiple right, times. Right. And you want to talk about egregious, that's probably more egregious than anything you know, he's done to a fellow player. That's yeah. crazy. If we saw if we if we had seen if he had let's say not done any of those things to Spolster or anyone, and he bumped Luke Walton for the first time like on the court like to a coach, that would be would, huge. We yeah. would be going fucking nuts. But he's done that already twice. He's done that to Luke Walton, I think he's done that to uh David Blatt. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, needless to say, the the chemistry is very volatile <laughs> at the moment, uh, and you know we fully suspect that these veteran players on these expiring contracts, uh, you know, pretty much all of them are not going to come back. So, it's going to be a very different locker room next season, and. Only time will tell if it's going to be a locker room that LeBron likes or not, uh, and that's going to have that's going to have a huge effect on the chemistry of the team. Is how does LeBron feel about the roster? You know, yeah. um, so that's something that we'll ha have to uh, 
keep in mind going going forward and also you know as it stands the guys in charge right now i have very little confidence in magic johnson and rob linka it's to to make the right moves things are looking dire yeah i i mean people might be listening to us and be they might think that we're overreacting right now no you know but I mean the right this, the just look at the his, just look at the moves that have been made so far. It's like none of them have worked out well. Well, just you know? listen. Anyone who's listening right now, I've seen it firsthand with my Dodgers. Yeah, I mean even even uh even this trade that brought Reggie Bullock, who I you know I I still he think he's a he's a good player. Yeah. but it's like if you don't resign Reggie Bullock. Yeah. Then you basically traded Svi Mikhailik for nothing. Right. So you almost have uh, forced yourself into a corner where you have to resign him, which I'm okay with, you know. But again, at what cost? Yeah, too? but if you, yeah, at what at, for the right price, right? Right. But if you but if you let him walk, then you basically just like traded Svi for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's moves. It's it's like yes. When people look back in history, they're gonna they're gonna look at like the big moves, like signing LeBron James. But it's these little moves, like you said, like in the margins, like those all add up, and you cannot you cannot just like forget about these small moves that you take place. You cannot uh, you cannot make up those moves with just a huge splash signing. You know, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, you know another player that the Lakers had that they just kind of let go was um that uh, player David Nwaba. Oh yeah, How's and I think doing? he's doing really well for the Bulls <laughs> right now. He's supposed to be a defensive specialist. Yeah, and it's like just another guy that That's like crazy. was once a Laker and well, now we, he's like you know we had Hassan Whiteside. If you want to go back, I mean this was before the uh, Laker front office, but you want or the current front office, but you want to talk about historic? We used to have Hassan Whiteside, I think. Did we? Uh, when, what year was this? Was was Andrew Bynum still on the team? Or? I'm not sure. I remember, but yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't have to go that far back, but we, we have enough ammunition for, <laughs> based on the past year. Okay. But I I I can't stress it enough though how concerning how concerning it is because, like I said, you know, with the Dodgers when we had Ned Coletti, I. I did not feel good at all during that tenure. I I didn't I was I was disappointed when we would lose, but I would I would be equally disappointed when we would win because I'd feel like shit, if we actually do really well and we win I don't know, if we actually win the World Series, Ned Coletti could be here for a really long fucking time. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, you know? Yeah. If if Badge Johnson somehow you know, because a fucking blind squirrel will find a nut every once in a while, right? If our if our blind squirrel finds a nut and we get a fucking ring <laughs> somehow because just because LeBron's so good and we get a guy like Anthony Davis that's so good, Magic Johnson could be our our front office guy for a really long time, and that is just really concerning. Yeah. Yep. That's uh. So happy Friday, guys! (laughs) Have a good weekend, I guess. Um, And we, you know, let let's end the podcast here. I mean, we didn't even talk about like um, 
the fact that there's reports that Ingram is like unhappy with the team. Oh God! I don't. I, we can save that for later because <laughs> that that's there's not enough information. I feel like yeah. yet for me to like yeah. have a strong opinion on that. Yeah. Let's just hope that that's just. <laughs> You know, a, but a, you know, a lot of p- players' dads have like a lot of. I know that's so funny. A lot of that's a stronger voice now than ever. Yeah. You know, I was gonna say though, like, if it plays out where we alienated Brandon Ingram because we've you know we've thrown his name out there so much, yeah, and yet this, and then you know we're in the midst of seeing him blossoming into like a fucking just stud superstar, and he gets very disenchanted with the franchise. I mean that the irony in that, it I don't. <laughs> Yeah, you can't make this shit up. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's call it a podcast. I think uh, you know, it's been far too negative <laughs> for this past uh, hour and change. Um, I did like. Uh, I think I touched on this for a little bit. Uh, I did like you know seeing um, Alex Caruso and Jonathan Williams play. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It was nice you, to see. Jonathan Williams is a soft players. spot for you. You have a soft spot for that guy. I just like players that play hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and both of those guys play pretty hard, you know? Yeah. So it was nice to see, like, effort being for displayed once. on defense in particular. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's let's end the podcast here. Um, I'm sure there's going to be plenty to talk about in a couple of days. You know, there's always things happening. In Lakerland. So, uh, with that said, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will check in with you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning into 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.